This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Here we are today uh, looking at what the prophets foretold in the ancient day. We have been in this prophetic teaching series, uh, Spiritual Maturity. And uh, God has me going through, walking through the word. Uh, we went uh, starting out for this holiday season, uh, hearing a word of prophetic teaching from Haggai, how to qualify as a good Christian steward. So we want to have the right qualification from heaven, right? And then the baton given over to Zechariah. A prophetic teaching of Zechariah. We did that over at the uh, nursing home, the rehab center there. Thank God. Island Rehab, a nursing and rehab center. Amen. And we were talking about Jesus is our shelter of eternal hope. So uh, you qualify and then you come on into the house and look into the fold of Jesus. And here we are looking still at what God has to say in the spiritual maturity series, a prophetic teaching today of Malachi. So at the end of the Old Testament, uh, we see uh, the steps leading towards the darkest time. The darkest hour is just before the day. The day. Amen. So we see the prophets of old. They are prophesying in the darkest part of nights. And uh, it was dark spiritually. And then um, the hearts were being prepared. We could look at it as being under the earth. It's dark down there, right? Soil has to be turned over. It's dark down there. God needs to go down with a harrow and prepare the soil. He's doing that with the prophets, with these prophetic teachings and the truth of God is coming forth and a lot of times people don't want to hear it but the prophets come anyway and prophets have been uh, ostracized because of the job God gave them people have uh, worked hard to keep their mouths shut some of them running for their lives living in obscurity my God and we have now and one of the darkest parts, Malachi is coming. In Malachi, the third chapter, I will read the first verse from the NIV so that you may get a better grammatical understanding. And then we will go over to Mark chapter one, verses one through eight to hear uh, the tying resolve as prophecy uh, is fulfilled my God, but it's a precursor to help us with next week where we will hear from Matthew. And that's the tying bridge from Old to New Testament. And God had to use Matthew that way. And parts of his name do mean that. And uh, what's in the name? Oh, there's a lot in the name when it comes to God. They shall call his name Jesus, for he shall what save his people from their sins. And each one of these prophets have meaning in their names. So I thank God for Malachi 3.1. Father God, I pray that you will give us understanding by your spirit as only you can. May we apply the truth that you set forth for us to hear. Uh, faith, oh God, be built up. 
In the matchless name of Jesus, we claim it done. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. I thank God for all of you. Malachi 3.1 says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. See that? Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant. They're calling uh, the Lord the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Swiftly over to Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. I'm reading in the King James Version. There's certain words which help to uh, put a stamp on the holiday season. We will hear staples of uh, truth, uh, such words in the prophetic uh, language uh, befitting the reason for this season. It says here, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets. See, they had parts of the Bible already written, but not everything. We have everything. See, we're on the other side. We have everything. They are still writing. But so far, they have uh, uh, the wherewithal to have references um, which have been written thus far. The prophets, amen, are part of that writing which they already have. As it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face. And remember, Malachi said that, which shall prepare the way before thee. And now we have the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Remission, that's an accountancy word. That means somebody's bill has what? Been paid, amen? Sin has a price tag we will never be able to pay. Why? Because we are earthlings. We cannot, amen, go out of uh, mortality, go into immortality and do what we need to do and come back and you know, give people what they need. No, that's one God man. That's Jesus. He can do that, amen? He comes from heaven to earth to show us the way, my God, and takes us back to the Father. He can remit sins. He can pay for uh, whatever price our sins have uh, given us a dead end, my God, a debt dead end. But Jesus has broken up the ground of that dead end and made a way. I thank him for it. So he, yes, he took care of our sins payment, the remission of what sins. Thank God. And there went out unto him all the land of Judah and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their what? Sins. Why? Because they want them paid for. Amen. And John was clothed with great fancy sparkly jewelry filled vestments. Is that true? No. John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat filet mignon. Is that what he ate? No. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. 
and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I know a lot of times in the new day we want to hear Holy Spirit, but I thank God for King James. Sometimes there's an old feeling I get, uh, an old uh, revival feeling I get from the old days when I was young and I see these mighty men and women of God preaching about the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when I received them, he wasn't called Holy Spirit. He was called the Holy Ghost. Did you get the Holy Ghost? Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So I was filled with a King James Version. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Some people have qualms about, you know, it's called, he's called spirit. I say, well, he's still a ghost. Amen. And God has specified what kind. Holy ghost. Amen. So, yes. In our continued process of cultivation this year, as we are moving swiftly out of 2023, Heading into 2024, the Holy Ghost is cultivating the soil of our souls. We must intensify our resistance of the devil and optimize our success in Jesus as the Lord, our Messiah. He's our Savior who encourages us today to be reminded of his coming to destroy the works of the devil and wants all of us to prepare the way of the Lord. He's here to do what? Help us to prepare the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is going to come in your life. He's got to come in your mind. You know, there's parts of your mind he's still knocking on the door of and we have yet to let him in. There's parts of our heart that we have not let him in. My God, God is too holy to hear about this and that. You know what? Let's think back, way back. I think way back. Did God create everything and everything he made was good? Amen. But the devil came in to pervert things. And now we're calling what God made good some bad thing. Why? Because we're using it incorrectly. That's why. But God is saying by his spirit, you need to prepare what the way of the Lord. That's going to happen in your mind. Yes. God needs to come in your mind and a new thought has to come in. Mm -hmm. Yes. Creating me a new heart, clean, a clean heart. Heart in the Hebraic is dealing with the mind, the intellect. My God, well, what you pursue after what's precious to you, what makes you uh, want to live. What makes your heart, you know, beat? What do you long for? What is your purpose? What are you longing for? God needs all of that to be prepared correctly. Not just something uh, done ahead of time in prep kind of work, but that you will be made over to be who you're supposed to be right here and right now. It's not just about a futuristic thing, but it's about who you are right here and right now. That's what matters. Yes, you could say when we all get to heaven. So let's live hellish right now. See, no, but God wants you to be holy right here and what? Right now. Yes. So uh, the last time we were dealing with the Lord's foundational will, you know, 
uh, so-called Old Testament where we find that this testament comes to an end with three building projects. The building projects are mostly a rebuilding though. See, God is coming with that prefix in grammar, re, R-E. Something's going to happen again. Thank God, see that? So there's a rebuilding of the temple under the leadership of Zerubbabel. Second, there's the rebuilding of the wall around the city of Jerusalem under Nehemiah's leadership. And thirdly, and most importantly, a people sick and tired of being sick and tired have now come to their spiritual senses asking for the word of God. Because they were in such a dark day and they did not hear the prophets very much because people had put them on shutdown. Mm -hmm. And this is the darkest hour of the night and light needs to shine. And that's when the New Testament fulfillment comes in. The light came in. Amen. Jesus is that light of the world. My God. But people now are hungry. They're asking for the word of God, seeking to repent and obey uh, wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly, but wholeheartedly. God is an all-or-nothing God. He is not going to accept double-mindedness. You have to have a singleness of heart and mind. Wholeheartedly, under the anointed leadership of prophetic teachers, both Ezra and Nehemiah. Thank God. Don't get confused about anointed. People have put a hooky-spooky kind of definition on it superstitious if you will there's some magic wand going on almost as magical as the magic kingdom down in florida my god the land called disney world in the scripture in a spiritual sense some people and some teachers in the modern church uh have a, a lying wonder kind of world going on and their anointings are defined differently than what is expected uh, for us to understand and live by, by God's Hebraic teaching in the word of God. Anointed is where God has appointed you. He has given you uh, an allowed privilege of sorts within reason. Amen. God gives you a heavenly purpose and you must abide by the rules and regulations because he is a king, he has a kingdom, amen, and kingdoms are regal, and they have what? Regulations, and you have to go by what he says. He will give you instructions. He will give you the wherewithal uh, uh, to move about, to do what he said to do. He gives you marching orders, in other words, an anointing, amen. So let's not be too mystical and magical about that word. There are some spiritual implications there because there are spiritual gifts that God gives severally as he will. And the Holy Ghost works upon you. But don't get so magical and mystical about it and superstitious about what anointing means. We can see people doing something real good um, because they learned it from having a little bit of talent and they worked hard enough at it to make it, you know, ramp up to be something really big. And now people are calling them, oh, he's so anointed. She's so anointed. 
That's not what anointed is. That's right. You have the ability to do this and this and that. Oh, real good, real good, real good all around town. But maybe God didn't send you. If he didn't send you, you have not been what? Anointed. Thank God. So based on the meetings of their names, Ezra and Nehemiah, respectively, uh, God's intentions are revealed, uh, which lets us know that he seeks to help. Ezra was sent because he seeks to help. Nehemiah was sent because uh, comfort uh, had to come. The comfort of the souls in a right relationship with God had to happen. That's what the comfort is. You're not in a comfortable situation when you are fighting with the Lord. You cannot win against God. Why? God never loses. Amen? So you're not in a comfortable situation, but God wants comfort to happen in your life when you have a resolve of being of being at peace with God. Peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Let not your what heart be troubled, neither what let it be afraid. Hallelujah. Where there's fear, there's turmoil, and it's a demonic threshold. Now, the devil has put his welcome mat at the corridor and entrance of your heart, and he's allowing all his imps and empresses to come on in. My God. And this, this is why you got folks with all kind of pronouns that God didn't say should be happening. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Amen. I want the simple days of yay and nay. Boy and girl, male and female, created he them. This is not hate speech. This is, amen, the word of God. If it's foreign to you, amen, I, I pray to God by his spirit that he will help you now to have the frame of reference which comes from heaven and that God could seal you with a clean heart and mind. Amen. And secure you in the wisdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Thank God. So in other words, you need the prescription from God called a dose of Ezra and a dose of Nehemiah. Amen. Take it like clockwork daily and watch what God will do. Amen. He came to help you out of a jam called sin and he wants to make you right and ready to meet him in a comfort kind of zone of your heart being made over in a right relationship with the one and true living God. Ezra read the word of God as he was instructed under his anointed uh, privilege by God. And he did it to the willing congregates from daybreak to noon. After which they cried heavily in repentance, turning from their unholy ways. Look how long they were in church from daybreak all the way to noon. Isn't that something? My God, we can't go past 50 minutes, amen, because people will get angry. My God, put their little crooked finger up. Some still have enough off to put a crooked finger up. Some just, you know, raise up with their unholy hips and march out the door. My God, and being all rude about it. Hallelujah, anyhow, but God will get them, amen. I don't have to be mad at folks that do that and who have done that to me, amen. They are in God's hands. Thank God, thank God. Oh, hallelujah. Nehemiah was led by God's spirit to lead the congregates in celebration. After a time of discipleship teaching, they did it in small groups and in corporate repentance. Sometimes he had people, one or two or three, and teaching them and they get getting right with God and repenting and such and praying with them, praying them through. Other times it was a corporate experience. 
people all down the aisle just coming to repent, my God. But the whole congregation moved with one accord to humble themselves, to pray, to seek God's face, and to what else? Turn from their wicked ways. Amen? It was unlike any revival in ancient and in modern history put together. Now let's learn something that's hidden in Malachi. There are seven glorious reasons to study the book of Malachi. One is to appreciate God the right way. Uh, two is to focus on the heart of God in a certain way. Three is to draw us back to the heart of worship in a certain way. My God. Four is to honor the holiness and jealousy of God. Yes, I said jealousy of God, Sister Oprah. You don't like that word, but it's in the word of God. Hallelujah. Let us not hate heaven's poetry. How come people on earth could have poetic license to do and say whatever they want about the word of God? And God's holy word can't speak for its own self. Seriously. Here's number five, to elevate our commitment to the sanctity of marriage, the way God defined it. Number six, to reinforce our confidence in the value of serving God. And seven, to increase our hope in the second coming. Thank God. We can't give up hope about the what? Second coming. We have a purpose to live for. Seven glorious reasons to study the book of Malachi. Now, to appreciate God's love, we're talking about his compassion, his faithfulness. Thank God. And uh, God's ability to offer uh, forgiveness in spite of our repeated failings. My God. Which answers the question, how has God loved us? The people were asking that in Malachi's day. So he gave them that answer. That's from verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. How has God loved us? He told them, my God, everything from the word and everything from their experience in case they missed it. And now we have number two, uh, the seven reasons to focus uh, on the heart of God, which values internal righteousness rather than the routine performance of external religious functions, which people are engaged in in our modern day with all of their venues, which make them feel like they are right because the broad way has told them they are right. Everybody's doing it and it must be right. And they have all these fancy vestments on. So all of the ritualistic external types of religious function are being idolized in our modern day. It's increasing. My God, I see it all around. But God is calling for us to, to realize that he's going to work from the inside out. While you're trying to be pretty from outside in, God is saying, no, I'm going to go inside of your heart and do some changes. Then the outside will change the way it ought to change. Amen. So here we are with number three, to draw us back to the heart of worship and uh, that also includes uh, elevation of our sacrifices, things we're supposed to do in our life, which are forms of worship unto God, to the standard of excellence that befits our majestic God, which answers the question from the ancient day in Malachi that people were asking in that dark day. How have we disrespected uh, the name of the Lord? And Malachi 
brought to their attention the things that they were doing. See, they were worshiping in a religious robotic way, but their lifestyle from the mentality of the inner core of their being did not equate what God was expecting. Amen. He said, be ye holy. He didn't say act ye holy. He didn't say perpetuate a fraud and a similitude of holiness. He didn't say that. No. He said, be ye holy. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. He said, for I am holy. He didn't say I'm kind of holy. I'm often holy. No, God said I am holy. Yes. Thank God we shouldn't be walking an intermittent, wavery life. Yes. So here's number four. To honor the holiness and jealousy of God by refraining from marrying unbelievers. Yes. My God, so many are tempted today. Like in the old day, the women uh, could not barely find a man. And then the men were taking advantage of that and, you know, just taking advantage of the women. Strutting about like the peacocks in nature with their flowery, colorful cells and all oh, the women all swooning over them. It's like one man to about 20 women. My God, it's a shame. And women today are asking, where are the men? Men, men, men that worship God. God, God, God. It's a shame. You want somebody that's going to worship God as a real man of God. Uh, I hope you are a real what? Woman of God. Amen. Then this next statement I'm about to say won't have issues. You want a man that's going to worship God the way you worship God. Are you worshiping him correctly? So if you are haphazard, you're going to get a haphazard dude from over there at that store called Rent-A-Sucker. Um, amen. <laughs> Thank God. And anybody going to do. Any Tom, Dick, and Harper will do. Just come on down. If you got two legs and a mm -hmm, uh, it's all right. Everything's going to be all right. I was talking about this with a colleague of mine. She's not saved yet. But um, she says some women have been caught out there because they have submitted themselves to a man just because he was fine. And I said, yes, I heard of some women like that. They said uh, uh, the man did not worship the way they worship. So they left Christendom to go find uh, uh, the Muslim man because he was uh, all fine and everything. She said, I'll be a, 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 a turban wearing, uh, no pork having, step three yards behind with my head down woman just because he fine. She said, uh-uh, no, I have a girlfriend uh, that says she went through a turmoil because she submitted herself to a man she should have had no business submitting to just because of that reason. And he was uh, very harsh to her, my God. And some of them were Christians, too, because he was a fine Christian in church. He was at the altar for two seconds, and he cried a little bit. He had a little tongue of the Holy Ghost. And all he spoke. But let the Holy Ghost finish what he came to do. Sometimes there's a start of what God is doing. But we need to have the complete work of God through and through. Do you have the inner core and rigor of God's Holy Spirit to, um, let me think, wait? Wait and see what the law is going to do. Wait a while and observe. Amen. 
God will give you the ability to wait on the Lord. And that's why he said it twice. He said, and again, I say, wait on the Lord. Every word of God is yay, nay. Amen. God's word, amen. When it's emphatic like that, it means verily, verily. It means it's very important. And God is putting an exclamation mark on it. Wait. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Marrying, very important to the Lord. You can't be unequally yoked. And some folk are equally yoked because they are wishy-washy. Now they found a wishy-washy person. Now two wishy-washy people got a marriage license, but they're going to hell together. That's not good. I want folk to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I want them to be taught right. I say, yes, yay, come, and let's, let's get a counseling going on. And then we look at the spiritual part of each one before we look at the collective of how it's going to be when they get together. But folks want to try it out in the carnal way. Let's live together. Let's practice a minute. See how it's going to be. But you are not doing it right because you are outside of the will of God. You have now found a comfort zone that's way out in Lodibar somewhere. It's out in the far reaches of what I call trespass land. And it's a broad way. Everybody's doing it. doesn't mean it's right. There's a way that seems right, but the way of it will lead to a, a destruction and sometimes ultimately an eternal destruction. And we want to be far away, steer clear of that, my God. Don't try out sin and try to get on the edge. I could be right on the edge and not fall down. Loose out of here. What kind of life is that? That's not a comfort of holiness. No, I want to rest assured in God. Steer clear of what God said to avoid. He said, amen, eschew evil and cling to that which is what? Good. Hallelujah. Anyhow. So eschew these renter suckers and cling to the Holy Ghost until your prince is sent by God. It has to be an anointed prince approved by God for you who God puts together. Let no one put asunder. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Thank you, Lord. Here we are at number five. God uh, labored a little long on number four for a reason. Amen. <laughs> number five, to elevate our commitment to the sanctity of marriage as a divinely blessed union of one man and, and one woman for life. See? Which answers the question they were asking uh, Malachi back in the day. Why have we been denied the favor of our God? In chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. Because they redefined marriage. Now they've been what? Denied the favor of God. I can see the school system, the secular humanistic school system, the government school. Why? Because I'm privy to it. I'm one of God's uh, spies. Yes. Oh, I'm, one, I'm, I'm, I'm more like a Joshua. Amen. Than a Caleb. Amen. Caleb means a lap dog. I'm not a puppy dog. Amen. I'd rather be a Jacob. Amen. He's more like Yeshua. Amen. <laughs> Type of Christ. Amen. Thank God. But anyway, that's just nomenclature stuff, but it's important. But I'm telling you, I've seen it up close. I see where it's headed. My God. And uh, we're losing in America. We're losing what? The favor of our God because of our sinful tolerances that have been defined by heaven's dictionary. 
Amen. You can't go so much by Webster and Miriam. No, we need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the revealer of the truth of God's word. I'm going to go by that. That's where my frame of reference has been stationed and secured. Amen. I'm going to rest assured in the teaching of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We have been denied our favor of God because we want to redefine things. We can't, amen, elevate our commitment when we are doing that. Number six, to reinforce our confidence in the value of serving God and remaining faithful, which answers the following questions from uh, chapter three, verses seven through 12. How can we repent if we don't know where we have gone wrong? And you know what? God rebuked them. Why? Because they had a self-righteous kind of mentality and spirit. And they began to rob God of his due tithes and offerings. My God. In uh, chapter 3, verses 3 through 15, they were asking, how have we spoken arrogantly against God? And God rebuked them for their self-righteous mentality and spirit, for denying the value of obeying and serving God's creatorial purpose of why they were created. You can't redefine why you were created. It has to be from the very mind of God. Yes. Hallelujah. That's where we have gone wrong. Yes. We need to repent of these things. Yes. And we need to stop having this arrogant demeanor where we think we're right and no one can judge me, not even God. Here's number seven. To increase our hope in the second coming, as we wait with anticipation for the coming of our Lord and Savior, as we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And even so, come, Lord Jesus, the righteous will be clearly distinguished from the wicked. Amen. And that's from Malachi uh, chapter 3, verses uh, starting at verse 16, all the way to chapter 4, verse 6. God is going to remove the blurring uh, of the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Looks like the uh, tear are hiding amongst the wheat. Isn't that right? Uh, yes, the sheep. And the goats seemingly look kind of the same. Well, oh, it's going to be until God gives them a holy haircut. Kind of haircut Pippin gets sometimes. My daughter's puppy. One time the barber went a little too far. I don't know. Uh, he went all the way down almost to the skin. Gave him a fade. Pippin don't look good with a fade. Lord, he looked like a rat. I say he needed a little, little fluffiness up on him. Amen. So God will reserve the cute fluffiness that a sheep has that a goat cannot have. Amen. Their hair is a little different. Uh, so God's going to be able to delineate and separate the sheep from the goat. Amen. The wheat from the, from the tear. Uh, of what sort are you? Who will be able to stand? Uh, who will be able to ascend to the holy hill of the Lord? You have to have what? Clean hands. Uh, you have to have a life cleaned up and a pure heart. Oh, your mind better be right. Amen. Your purpose in your heart better be right. Thank God. Today, we must begin to articulate the specifics 
of the implications inclusive of preparing the what way of the Lord. There are obligations of love and devotion as Jesus is your Lord. And if you're going to be a part of the true family of God, you have to reciprocate something back to him. If he has certainly changed your heart, your morals and your spirituality have to equate what God defines as holy. Amen. As God does his husbandry work, the farming work on the soil of our soul, his spiritual farming uh, has a purpose. He intends to prepare us for dealing with the public. He never places more on us than we can handle ourselves, uh, than we can handle. I should just say it like that. Uh, it's going to be something we can't handle all by ourselves. Why? Because God has to be in the mix. Amen. Uh, he also continues to work on our development as effective workers. He wants us to be effective, not just working and spinning wheels and headed nowhere. But we have to hit something. We have to be effective. Amen. Paul said it's like swinging and hitting the air. Amen. You want to hit something. You fight the devil. You want to sock him in the eye. A good time. Isn't that right? Not just swinging and missing. You know, we are being shielded as he prepares us. God has said to me that I'm going to allow you to uh, uh, regroup and recoup. Amen. Mm -hmm. He is shielding us as he prepares us. There can't be a whole lot of haphazard going out hither and thither. Amen. Unless God has given you a clearance from heaven. Amen. We got the rest assured in the clearance from heaven. Is there a little... Uh, thing going on where there's an unrest going on, uh, some kind of a thought that's a dual uh, purpose thought, and uh, you know that there's something not right, as they say in uh, literary circles. There's something uh, funky in Denmark. Amen. <laughs> Thank God. There's a fungus among us. My God. There's some stinking thinking. We don't want any of that. We don't want a paralysis of analysis either. Thank God. We got to allow God to shield us, especially as we are traveling on the Emmaus Road. Yes, our hearts burn, but we had to leave the former corridor, which became a moldy manger. My God, a roach hotel. God said it doesn't equate my holy way. It's not the picture I want people to have when they come in the house of God. I don't want them having to shake their dress and their pants and see if a roach had crawled on it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, anyway. So here we are in a clean place. No roaches. Hallelujah. One or two tried to follow us from there, but they have long been killed. Hey, hallelujah. And none of their eggs have hatched and will hatch. Thank you, Lord God. It's been months and uh, I haven't seen any. And God, hallelujah. I saw one or two and I squashed them quick. But here we are, amen, in the cleanness of holiness. Hallelujah. I don't smell any mold anywhere. Hallelujah. I could breathe. I have allergies against that. Amen. I thank God. I have allergies against the presence of insects and their dander floating in the air. Hallelujah. I have documented allergies. You can see my allergist. Hallelujah. And she will show you that I should not have been in that situation. Hence our leaving, departing quickly. Amen. Writing our letter of 
of vacating the premises and we have amen reached a better place why because the former place did not match the trajectory of god's purpose and here we are moving forward in faith hallelujah anyhow thank you lord so here we are on the emmaus road people he certainly can protect his kingdom workers from ultimately being exposed in things that we shouldn't uh, have to handle. Sometimes we put ourselves in precarious situations, things that we don't even have to bear. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry what? Everything to God in prayer. Yes, we put it to God in prayer and he led us elsewhere. Hallelujah anyway. And he will lead you elsewhere. You don't have to go to every Tom, Dick, and Hoppo all around town. Amen. Sometimes we better search ourselves. Is it because I'm looking for some kind of validation? Not all the time. Amen. But sometimes it might be. Thank God. But we have mature saints here at the round. We know the difference of that. Amen. We are not mere children, novices of the faith. We have been around the block a few times. And we know the voice of God. And sometimes, you know, we, we, we go to each other and we pray together. Those of them who are what? Spiritual. Have your best interests in mind. I'm a man of God who has your what? Best interests at heart. And I'm going to search what God has to say in a neutral zone. My God, and God will help me to give you a fair analysis and a clear picture of what he has in his holy intentions. Hallelujah. Anyhow, that's how I prophesy. Amen. Whether it's something I might want or not, but if it's what God wants, I'm going to say it. Hallelujah. I put my little earthly feelings aside and say, let God's will be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but what? God's will be done. Hallelujah. Sometimes God's will is unsavory here on this earth. And we don't see the way God sees, do we? No. But God says, amen, we got to yet obey him. You know, the devil will give influence no matter how subtle or mistakenly tolerable it may be. It must be what? Severed and completely destroyed. We don't want anything from the devil. My God. Thank God. I thank God for the gospel of Mark. We saw what God said in Mark to tie in the old with the new. Amen. Uh, Mark will help us to know that we must completely submit to who? Jesus, the completely submitted one. Know that Jesus is what? The, the, the completely submitted one. We saw that in the first three verses of Mark. We see that the public ministry of Jesus is the emphasis. Jesus is our servant leader that will come to baptize us with who? The Holy Spirit. Yes, he will. Or if you want to get old fashioned, the Holy Ghost. Amen. However, we must first uh, submit to Jesus's lordship. He submits to save us. But we must submit and allow him to fulfill his mission as revealed by the prophets of old. And we heard it in Malachi. Amen. I gave you a reference from Isaiah that we are prepared to help prepare others. And out of Isaiah 40, uh, the voice of one what? Crying in the wilderness, 
Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Our heart can be a desert, but God's going to come in and make it a fertile ground. Thank God. We must be willing to publicize our submission to Christ as our Lord, no matter where. We must forsake worldly acclaim and go forward and let Christ rule and reign supreme in our lives and wherever he causes us to shine in this world. Thank God. Are you willing to be completely dedicated to Christ? Amen. To experience his Pentecost. Uh, we are first baptized with ritualistic water into the body, but then he comes to baptize us with his holy consuming fire into his spirit, or in other words, into his holy character. Yes, there's a need today for baptism for both levels to be saved, amen, and to also be fire baptized. Let God burn up the dross so that the gold in your character can shine brightly for him. He's not going to stop until he sees his image reflected in you, shining like a mirror, amen, and he could say, it is finished. Thank God. I want God to breathe out satisfaction and say, it is finished, not rise to a warfare with me, amen. So our success is, amen, very much at stake if we are not willing to allow the Holy Spirit to prepare us as the way of the Lord is made as a road into our heart and mind so that we could have the holiness of heaven living and breathing in us. We want Christ and the Holy Spirit to give us our marching orders. He wants to what? Anoint us. Yes. This will enable us to prepare our body as his temple. Uh, if there's any low place in you, God's going to fill it. If there's a crooked place, you know what? God's going to straighten it out. Isn't that right? Is there a rough place that he can't smooth out? Oh, God, come in and do a work, God. As we devote ourselves to loving Jesus back the way he deserves, the power of his presence will make these tasks possible. I intend to hope in Jesus. I don't know about you. Uh, I have faith in Jesus. Amen. I can rely upon him. I can lean on him. I can depend on him. Amen. And uh, I love Jesus more than I did yesterday. Thank God for that song yeah. from old. Uh, do you love Jesus better than you did yesterday? The longer I live, the more I know I need Jesus. The older I get in this world's experiences, I know I need him. I can't what live without him. He's coming to do a spiritual audit at your temple, my God. And in this temple called the house of God, where we, not where we meet, but us who are meeting together. Amen. Will you be prepared? Will the realm be prepared? I don't want to be like those movies I see. They're portraying, you know, the rapture. And then we go to church and then some will leave and some will still be there. My God. And uh, the organist might still be there. Not our organist, but amen. And a few shouting around and one or two preachers didn't make it. They still in there. Hallelujah. I don't want to be like that. No, no, no. Will you be prepared? Will we all be prepared? Who shall be able to stand? I say prepare ye the way of the Lord. Let's rest on our feet. Amen. And search 
the heavens with our hearts, amen, and say, Lord, hallelujah, come in and strengthen me. If you find any weakness that, oh God, that I have been tolerating, carrying as a weight. I got used to carrying it because that's how my human construct is made, that I'd be responsible and hold on. But Lord, I might be holding on to something I, I need to let go of. Help me to let go of any burden that should have been let go a long time ago. Come in and help me to prepare the way of the Lord. My God, it's your way, not my way. I should be living according to your standard, your will, and your way. Prepare me so that I am living and thinking and breathing your way. Prepare me. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.